Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And on this show, we often focus on the illusion of separation between mind and body, spirit and body. I've hosted dozens of guest experts talking about mind over matter, the biology of belief, consciousness, and so many other spiritual tools and practices that tap into our body's wisdom, that inherent energetic and healing power we have within. In fact, those are some of our most popular guests. So I'm going to throw a twist in here. Instead of mind over matter, have you ever thought about matter over spirit? There's an important connection between the energetic roadblocks that are deep in our cellular physical structure and the flow of spiritual energy and wisdom. The physical body is a vessel for divine energy and consciousness. What happens when our body holds constrictions and pain? Our guest today invites us to unravel our deeply entangled distortions and bring our body and soul back into alignment. Sound nice? Yes? Well, I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into that essential wholeness while I introduce our guest. Ginny Nadler is the author of Spiritual Anatomy, Realigning Body and Soul, which draws on her years as a wellness educator and body alignment specialist to support individuals with stressed structures to be pain-free and rediscover freedom in moment. And the thing that, excuse me, freedom in movement. And the thing that I really love about this book is bringing this spiritual, the soul piece back into alignment with the body, which is really a unique approach. So welcome, Jenny. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a topic. It's a love. It's a passion. Embodiment is my life. So I so appreciate being invited here. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for sharing your passion in the book. I think it's an important mm. topic for so many of us. And I'll, I'll tell you, one of the, the insights that I have is so often the mind-body literature that's out really brings us into the mind part of of that we understand that we hold history in our body we understand that we have memories and trauma and emotion and then most of the techniques are in our head or with energy psychology or someone else doing manipulation and this kind of ties it weaves it all together really empowering people so thank you for that but before we go in there jenny i have a traditional first question i'd really love to hear you respond to this i know it's going to be an amazing answer. So, will you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Uh, well, connection, connection to me means relation. And I'm not just referring to relationships. Relation is 
that divine connection where all my cells are firing and where I am completely awake to the truth of who I am. Mm. See, I knew it. Pause and soak that in. That was really beautiful. Thank you for that. You know, I think that that statement right there is really inherent in this book. It comes through in almost every chapter of really inviting us to come into this space. Jenny, I'm, I'm going to give you a moment to really tell our listeners about you. How did you get into this work? You know, we have lots of people that are yoga teachers. We've talked about people who do pelvic health. Very few are specialized in physical therapy. My daughter-in-law is a physical therapist. And we talk about this need all the time for women. But really, this is such a beautiful way that you've tied everything together. What's your story? Can you share with our listeners? Yeah, I can. Uh, hmm. I think pretty much I feel, I don't think, I, when I feel into the wisdom that I, that I know I have awakened to, it came out of my own personal trauma in, in family story, family history, and in the, um, the not belonging, and I do believe that the separation that I personally felt in my own being and awareness had to do with my inherent not belonging, not belonging to the people in my family, not, not be, just not belonging to place, not belonging to land, but the one place that, that I could belong from very early on was divinity, is divinity. And so there was a, there was a split for me. And I was living in that split. And literally, my physicality was split. And we know, we know now in trauma research, because right now in our society, in the world, I mean, trauma, quote unquote, trauma therapy is where so much education is taking place. And so in my own personal story, I had to deny, I had to protect my physicality. And so in that protection, I figured out some really, really good ways to create my life. I kind of made up a life that worked. And in that making up, in that play acting, I will say, I split myself from my true authenticity. And yet somewhere deep, deep, deep below all of this, I felt and knew the truth of who I was and what I belonged to. So the years and years went on, and I happened to have had a mom who had extreme physical 
a extreme physical story. And what she told me, I was about 11, and this is in my book, is, Ginny, you know, in this family, we all die of heart disease. You too, you too will know about heart disease. And I remember standing there and saying to myself, I'm a kid. Heart disease? I'm, I'm dying of heart disease? And I, I recognized in that moment, there was a, a moment of extreme, intense empathy to where I realized that this person in front of me, my mother, had closed off to protect her heart. And I made a decision. I don't know how I am going to return to myself and live the truth of my authenticity, but this is not my story. And that's, that was the beginning. And so my, my study in life became the body. And how, am, how do I embody this thing called a body, this structure? And truly, what, what stories am I living that are not me? And then how do I wear those stories as if in actuality they become my truth? Because clearly that's what my mother did and her whole lineage on, on the woman's side. And so I recognize that the pain, the heart disease, the quote-unquote heart disease that she believed she was dying from was not heart disease. It was a broken heart. It was literally the pain of shutting down her energy system, the pain in, in, in divorcing herself from this deep relation with herself and the fear of being in relation to the majesty that is possible. That could be really scary. She was scared. She was scared to embody the truth of who she could be. And it was also beaten down in her. And so in the beginning for me, it was becoming educated in my, in my body, in my energy field. I mean, my education it began, it was really exciting because I was so attracted to anthropology and archaeology and physical anthropology, cultural, medical. So all of my studies were about how does a body throughout a lifetime embody the story that we were birthed into? And it was kind of like, wow, we each have an encyclopedia. And we make decisions based on this information. And then once I have information, how does that affect the energy field? And how do I actually live out a story that perhaps is not mine?
And how does pain evolve in the body as I protect these very, very tender places that children go, go to? So that was my, that was my beginning. It's beautiful. And just, I, I love that it's your personal story that put you on this path. And you really lived through what, what a lot of modern authors right now and researchers are looking at with that mind-body connection. You intuited at a very young age that this is not my story. And wow, we're living in encyclopedias. So you talk that we all are. We are living these stories. We're living the conscious thoughts of the stories, like your mom saying, you're likely going to have heart disease, but we're also living the unconscious thoughts and beliefs and pain and emotion that we store there as well. And, and you also write about the, the legacy of ancestral stories as well. Can you differentiate the, the unconscious and ancestral as well as what we're conscious of? Just to speak to that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lineage is powerful. You know, I have my, I have my family history. I have the generations before, and I don't have personally, like a lot of us, I don't have generations and generations of information. I know where my family came from. I know. I know the areas of the world. I know after studying the history and where my grandmother and great-grandmother came from and what they went through. But the secrets and the, the energetic information that is withheld, I know physically, emotionally, energetically, but that is part of my story. And not only from my own immediate family lineage of, of maybe 100, 200 years, but from thousands of years, from hundreds of thousands of years. So what, what is so fascinating, and I do not believe, Julie, that we could have had this conversation even 10 years ago about what is emerging in societies until now. Because the legacies that we live and what we have at present in society of, of the colonialism and the racism and what is emerging and the history of war. We keep repeating and repeating the same stories over and over again. And why is this? Because we have been literally in the shadows. We have been keeping the shadows of history so far down because to feel the truth of who we are as cellular beings with all of this, and I'm going to call it wisdom, and wisdom is positive even though 
we may say, you know, the the knowledge of, of war, the knowledge of rape, the knowledge of of subjugation, the knowledge of of how we as a people have not lived the fullness of our lives and have prevented other people from living the fullness of their lives all over the world. This is now wisdom. This is collective wisdom. And so we all embody collective wisdom, a history of the source of our beginning. And what interests me is bringing that forward. And it's actually very empowering because the pain that I am feeling, the psychological pain, the emotional pain, may be something that came so far before this lifetime for me. I mean, we, we are, you know, the, this, human, this human story, this human structure is a compilation of everything that came before. And that actually is very helpful to me. And am I willing, am I really willing to try on the clothing of the past? and not stay stuck in my current judgment and look around at others as if they are strangers. There really is no stranger, even, even though we would like to believe that we are strangers. So there's intergenerational trauma, there's collective global trauma. This is what this is what fascinates me and how in our structure we hold this energy. And what do we do with it? And how does it become painful in structure? Well, this is part of your wisdom that you bring that's that I really appreciate and and I I love this conversation about this compilation of everything that came before most of us will think of our parents or grandparents and think of it just genetically like well genetically I'm predisposed to this but we're really talking about something much deeper and broader than even that and I would love to go in that that global perspective later because I know you're working with Thomas Hubble and I have other friends who are doing the same and it's fascinating work. But first we talked, you talked about the body and how we're holding this. The other thing about your work, Jenny, that I really appreciate is that, you know, most people who are doing the spiritual work, will talk about that pineal gland and, and having that be the center of this. And it's literally, I just had this beautiful vision reading your book of dropping, you know, from, from the pineal gland all the way down to that pelvic floor and to that perineum. And what came to my mind reading was that 
when plants aren't doing well in the garden, the experts will advise us to look at what's going on in the roots. And here you are saying, let's go right to the root. Let's go to the root chakra, to the base of the spine, to that pelvic bowl, to where everything begins and tie that to not just the physical formation which is really cool like yes it's our foundation it holds us up like the foundation of a building but literally how our cellular structure is developed in utero how the consciousness comes into the body it's fascinating so Mm -hmm. i can't wait for you to share this with our Mm. listeners can you speak more about that Mm. oh embryology you know how how the science of our beginnings and um, what I what I knew intuitively in my own being because I could actually feel that in my meditations the source of my beginning um, I had validated by an amazing embryologist scientist who I met years back when he and I both were presenting at a world congress on low back and pelvic floor pain. And I was presenting in this amazing man who I was embarrassed. I didn't have a clue of who he was, came up to me and said, what you know intuitively in your cell structure, I know scientifically. And I said, ooh, isn't that exciting? I said, well, what do you know? And he validated for me that the very first place, the very first structure in our human formation is the perineum. The first organ is the heart. So as soon as we are, as soon as we come into a life force, the heart, which is, I mean, it's so beautiful because we are pure love. And so when, when we come in and mommy and daddy cells, each individual cell, one from mommy, one from daddy come together, and then start to multiply, multiply, and multiply. That very first joining, the light, we are, we are now, we're, I mean, we're pure light, and that light is now coming into a form. And so the place where that light lands in a structure that becomes a structure is the perineum and the perineum the whole perineum area in in our pelvic floor is it's it's shaped like a triangle and in the very center of that space is what becomes a one inch area as we develop and, and get older. And in the center of that one inch area is where the light lands. And everything is birthed 
from there. My fingers come out of there. The, the limb buds, 28 days in utero, pop out of the perineum. Everything. When you look, when you look at the pictures of an embryo in utero and you see this, what is to be a baby, how the head is rounded down like a deep forward fold and the spine is formed and then when we are coming up and out we literally roll our being out of the pelvic floor what becomes the pelvic floor so for for me in my understanding and my feeling of the source of my beginning of, wow, this is where divinity is. And isn't it amazing that this is the place because it is the most tender place that we shut down first. So it's like when, you know, when we see a dog in fear and the tail tucks under and the dog cowers, that's what happens to us not just after birth, but the organism gets scared. The organism reacts. And in my personal story, because there was violence in my home, I contracted in this most tender place way, way before I fully became developed. Mm. And so I'm born and I'm born into this story and I'm fast-forwarding in my life, and I'm really wondering why I have this intense sciatic pain. And where is the source of this beginning? Where did I get raveled up? Where did I make a decision to protect myself? And every nerve ending, as you said, all of the nerve endings are in the base of the spinal cord that feed every organ system of our body. So if I'm protecting in the floor of the pelvis, then I am literally twisting and turning muscle fibers. And then those muscle fibers are ultimately attached to other muscle fibers that have grown. Those are attached to bones. I am literally raveling myself inside my pelvic floor. Mm. And so in the unraveling process, this for me, energetically, divinely is the place that I need to go in my own body and in the work I do with clients. 
And in that, miracles have happened. People have healed. Incredible things are unfolding. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, so much more from Ginny Nadler and our spiritual anatomy. Stay tuned. Listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at empowerradio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at empowerradio.com. I'm Kelly Clarkson, and I've toured the country dozens of times, and there's one thing every state has in common, childhood hunger. The sad truth is that 17 million kids don't know where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Yet there are billions of pounds of surplus food around the country at farms and warehouses that could help end this injustice. But all that food is useless if it doesn't get where it needs to go. That's why the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You're struggling with your mortgage. You think about it. You don't do anything but think about it. What are we going to do if we lose the house? Where are we going to go? At work. I can't let anybody find out. I'm so embarrassed. At dinner. How can I tell the kids? It's going to wreck their lives. And at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. What's going to happen to us? It's time to stop thinking. It's time to start dialing. Call 1-888-995-HOPE for a free government program that offers expert one-on-one advice about your mortgage options. I'm all alone. No, you're not. We've helped over a million homeowners, and we want to help you. And now there are more ways to help. Call 1-888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. When you have breast cancer, these are some of the first words you hear. HER2 new oncogene, ductile carcinoma in situ. What do they mean? How can you decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? This is Olivia Newton-John. You can go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the internet where you can learn how to say all those medical words and find out what they mean. Understand your diagnosis and your treatment options. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Empowering you for a better life. This is Empower Radio. Now back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. 
Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Jenny Nadler and you can find out so much more about her work, her services at corebodywisdom.com. Again, that's corebodywisdom.com. And Jenny, before the break, you were explaining this uh, about that pelvic floor. And I was thinking about these layers and layers and layers of story and history that's accumulated in our experiences. We have a building that is a turn-of-the-century, two-story, huge building. It takes up a half a block. It's just this huge, grand building. And we we begin to do some renovation work. And it's it's just like what you're explaining to me. It's like layers and layers of the history. It used to be a hotel on the, the top floor, and, and we're finding things within mm. the walls and behind wood. And the, the whole building had a fire um, almost 100 years ago, and we still can find evidence of that in the building. And, and oh, gosh, we have said so often, if these walls could talk, we would love to hear the stories. Our bodies are like that. You're, you're teaching us that our bodies are made of these layers and layers of stories and history. So now what do we do with that? What do we do as conscious beings now, understanding that the premise of your book is, when we're that constricted, we're really cutting off that universal life force on our fullest spiritual expression. And I know most of our leader, our listeners today are out there wanting to be their fullest expression. So let's get into that. Mm, thank you. I mean, my intention in my own being and in the people that I have come to me that want to be more of a magnetic being and and raise the vibration to align with with the greater consciousness. What I hear in your question is, how do I embody more and more of the truth of who I am? Yes. And, And what am I? Who am I? I mean, so many of us don't even know because we're so locked in to this structure. And in a lot of cases, we're imprisoned in the structure Mm. because the stories have raveled us up. And yes, accidents happen. I mean, I mean, four and a half years ago, I, I, flew on a carpet on somebody's porch and I broke an elbow. Accidents happen. And and yet, the raveling in my structure, my gait, the way I move in my body, all has an effect for the stories that evolve. So I no longer say, oh, I had nothing to do with that. And so what 
what interests me and how I I want to support people to be their highest vibration is to free up the structure. And, you know, people people have hip stories and knee stories and shoulders and necks. And they come to me and they say, oh, I'm, uh, I'm being told that I'm going to need a hip replacement or a knee replacement. I'm not looking at the knee or the hip. I'm looking much deeper into how the musculature has protected the floor of the pelvis and then in movement over years and years and years, how has a pattern, many, many patterns, sometimes that are operating in different directions to each other, pulling this structure out of alignment, preventing the higher vibration from surging through this structure so that we can become more of, shall I say, a higher magnetizer and, and vibrate at a higher rate. It's kind of like I'm, I'm a visitor. I'm a visitor in my own body. And how do I become more of a global citizen in my own body and, and unravel the stories of pain? And that takes a lot of courage. I'm just going to say that right there. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of willingness. It does take a lot of courage. And when we're talking about pain, you know, literally when you broke your elbow, pain brings us right smack into our body. And so many clients that I work with, if there's physical pain, they feel a disconnection from that higher sense of of the God self, of that spiritual expansiveness and, and that conscious awareness so many people come right back into the body with physical pain but you're also talking about literally some of the pain that we're hiding from some of the pain we're trying to separate ourselves from is causing even more of this separation so how do we unwind where do we go what would you say to our listeners who are saying you know what i know i'm holding stuff there and it's affecting like you said it affects our gait it affects our stature our posture how we how we walk how we sit how we lay in all the simplest ways but literally there's this um hidden cavern here that we're talking about that's holding so much more than even our conscious pain so how do we unwind now? What is what does this journey look like? It does take courage. Yeah. It requires it requires huh. It's um hmm, how do I want to say this? The separation. The way that we historically have separated ourselves from each other 
and we go into this place of of remorse, of fear, of of aloneness, especially when we're in pain, where we remove ourselves from relationship and from the relationship with ourselves. So I would say that the only, the only way we can begin to unravel is to have relationship where we can actually feel how scared we are. So when in pain, what a lot of us do, and clearly the amount of money that is spent in the pharmaceutical industry and the medical world shows us that what we are looking for is someone else out there to tell us about our pain in here. And that's the truth when people come to me. Just tell me. Tell me, t- tell me what I have to do. If I need to do surgery, okay, I'll do surgery. And where I, in relationship with me, one other person, I want to go to that place of, wow, what's underneath this desire to go outside of the wisdom because this this divine being of pure consciousness, of pure divine consciousness, which for the majority of us on the planet, we we don't even know the majesty of. I mean, I'm sure that in all of my meditation, all of the unraveling and the, the light that I that I allow to surge with me and I, I invite is probably, you can fit on the head of a pin as to the truth of who I really am. And so in order to unravel, we need to be willing to be in relation and to express Wow, I'm scared. Well, what other emotions are here? Oh, I'm so ashamed that I need help. Shame is an enormous driver. A shame that I need to have help to discover the truth of who I am. To actually feel the love that I am in every fiber and tissue and cell of my being. And how scared we are to go to these places. So that is really the beginning when someone comes to me and tells me of their discomfort. And I even have athletes who come to me and pain is, 
pain is a constant. I mean, I have Olympic people that I've worked with, and it's just a constant. Yeah, well, it goes with it goes with this body. And how willing are you? I've asked, how willing are you to live this way? And could there be another way of opening up and unraveling so that your vibration is even higher? And you're performing at a completely different level with a different awareness. So I really believe we need we need people in our lives to perhaps ask us some questions that we don't have answers for. But am I willing to be the walking answer in relation? And to be the walking question again and again and again until I become that walking answer and the truth of who I am. Mm. And then there's the pure physical work, you know, of, of how did I get so raveled up? How did these muscles hug so deeply on my bones that I'm imprisoned? And how do I get out? You know, especially in my generation, the boomer generation, that was going to work this body so hard that I would never be in a position of my parents' generation. I was going to be strong. And in that strength and in that overworking I created a yet another prison. So it wasn't that far different than generations before that perhaps didn't quote unquote work out, which is really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about like even just that example helps us to really come into the awareness of how much we store in our body, how much we literally hold and or bury and not want to look at emotional pain, physical pain. There's there's so much to this. It, it, it's, it's a whole living system that we're talking about. The thing that I really appreciate about, and I just want to give you an opportunity to, to go more global here too, is, is your conversation that you're having about this incredible, magnificent, divine essence of who we're trying to unleash here who we're we're opening ourselves to embodying more and more of that divine consciousness and and the expansiveness of that so you've worked with thomas hubble and and you write about that in the book you talk about um quote him and and have a few conversations about that in the in the book and you mentioned earlier what we're doing as a humanity and, and as a society, and many of our listeners are visionary leaders and change makers who are out there doing the work. And the thing that we don't talk about often enough is our responsibility to bring this into our lives, into our bodies, and to begin to do this global clearing. I wonder if you can expand the conversation. We have about nine minutes left in the show, and, and I really want to give you an opportunity to help us look toward that, lean into our future, and look at what we're clearing on the planet right now, because it's important work. 
Mm, is it ever? Especially in the the current time that we are living in, yes. which actually is an enormous evolutionary leap. I mean, you know, we can look around the world and say, "Wow, there's there's so much war, there's so much terror." I mean, the you know, right now what we have these children who who these young people who so clearly have a no. Their no is loud Mm -hmm. in a very eloquent way in their nervous system. And I do believe that we are evolving, and those of us who are awakening our consciousness now have a sense of our responsibility. And I love that Thomas Hubel has this phrase, What is responsibility? The ability to respond. And how do I develop the tools to respond? And so for me personally, in the work that I do, it behooves me to open up the structure that I am living in to the enormity of the global story that lives within this structure. And the only way that I could do that and be that ownership and take responsibility is to have the tools available to unravel the hundreds of thousands of years that live within this structure. And so in the work, the global work that is being done on such a major level right now, I mean, leaders who are so aware as to our individual participation in the larger story. So for example, I'm I'm involved with 150 thought leaders from all over the world, from 39 countries. And we meet in Israel, actually, which, you know, is one of the most intense hotbeds on the planet. And 150 people from all over the world with how much collective story is living in that room. How much war is living in each of these structures? And how many of these people would have been considered other and strangers and different, different religions, different everything? And how willing are we to recognize and feel this, what's being called now the we space, the space of divinity where we are not different from each other and where we actually are willing to feel the source of the pain of another and for me to be willing to feel that source of pain in my structure. 
And so this global story that we have going on, thanks to the internet, I mean, we never would have gotten here before were it not for the internet. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have known the extent of the trauma in the world. Yeah. So the trauma is not out there. The trauma is in here. Thank you. It's redirecting us to look within. Um, you know, often it's like, well, the trauma's out there. I, the war in Israel doesn't have anything to do with me, and it's and, and you're reminding us, yes, it does. And mm-hmm. let's. This is our embodiment. You also, and we just have a few minutes left, and I want to presence this. There was a beautiful quote about our connection with the earth and our relationship to the earth. And mm-hmm. when we have that disconnection, it really mirrors our disconnection with our own bodies. And so just presencing this connection of our divinity is in all that. And so mm-hmm. thank you for bringing mm-hmm. the earth into it as well. Mm-hmm. We are the planet. You know, when people talk about, well, I live on the planet, as if the planet is separate from me. Well, of course, if, if you believe that, if I believe that I live on the planet, then I'm not taking responsibility for the planet. Mm-hmm. I am the earth. Every little bit of everything that goes on is me. So how could I ever hurt the environment? How could that be? That, that's, that's hurting me. That's, that's closing off my energy field. And the more we close off our energy field, the more we are suffocating. We're suffocating ourselves and we're suffocating the earth that lives with us. We created this earth. (laughs) It is not something that just got created and we plop down on it. We are it. Mm. that's a different place of responsibility that is we are it oh Jenny this was Mm -hmm. really lovely and your voice just resonates with all this wisdom and invites us into really experiencing this through the pain it gives me hope you know, it's it's not this place of isolation and terror we just move deeper into this beautiful place and allow the unwinding to happen Mm. so thank you for joining us today i really appreciate you being here you're so welcome it's such an honor such an honor thank you oh you're welcome and i'm going to leave our listeners with a quote from your from your beautiful body or your beautiful book which is realigning body and soul called spiritual anatomy so Here we go. Every cell in our body is informed by this awakened consciousness. It informs our being and creates our path. We are embodying the light. We all have moments when we recognize our essential nature, when we're completely amazed by astounding reflections of divine and awe-inspiring beauty. 
These moments have our hearts singing new energetic tones that resonate throughout the brain, throughout the spine, and awaken every nerve ending connecting us to source. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Thank you.